Amen. You know, it's hard for us to understand God being three and one at the same time, the, the concept of the Trinity, but he's honored and glorified when we recognize him as such because that's how he reveals himself in his word. And so what a blessing to be able to sing that together this morning. I also love that combination of merciful and mighty. Those two things don't usually go together. The mighty usually aren't merciful, and the merciful usually aren't mighty. But God is mighty and merciful, and aren't we grateful for his mercy this morning? Even though he is almighty, he is still merciful to all who call on his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So praise his name. also want to praise his name uh, for Joy being here this morning. Joy, we praise God for bringing you through uh, that terrible auto accident that you had. And so uh, welcome back. We're, we're really glad you're here. Praise God. Um, I, uh, I, I saw the pictures of the car that she walked out of upside down, much like William, uh, my son William Rops back in September. And it's amazing uh, that she is not only in one piece, but that she's, she's here doing what she's doing. Hands, arms, shoulders, everything working so that she can continue to communi- communicate the gospel uh, through sign language. Also, over next to Joy, you'll notice that um, blue and yellow flag, and many of you know that's the Ukrainian flag, um, the top being the blue, uh, which is sky, and the bottom being the, uh, the gold, the yellow, which is the grain, which they're known for as uh, really the bed basket of, of Asia and much of Europe. And um, the reason we have that flag up, as Mark mentioned, during Vacation Bible School, uh, the kids were raising money for two, these two organizations that are helping um, Ukrainian refugees, and uh, Pastor Vasily brought a lot of flags along uh, to, for the kids to take home, so some of your kids may have brought those home. There are, there are also flags out there where Mark mentioned the information is, if you want to pick up one of those flags, this flag and those are to remind us to be praying for them. Uh, we have lots of brothers and sisters in Christ uh, in Ukraine, and um, many of them um, have been displaced, obviously. Not that many of them are coming to the United States, you know, even though 100,000 sounds like a lot. Compared to the millions that have been displaced, it's a very uh, displaced. It's a very small number, but um, Pastor Vasily and, and New Life um, Church um, over on Old Atlanta Road, part of our our own Baptist Association here in the Lanier Baptist Association, um, they've been um, granted the opportunity to serve these uh, many of these refugees as they come into the United States um, through the North American Mission Board. So. Um, Josh Benton's work and Vasily's work are really uh, coming together, and uh, the, the North American Mission Board is supplying some some extra things for um, um, New Life Atlanta um, to to minister to these needs. And I was asking Vasily how it's going because, you know, most of us are not first generation immigrants. All right, we've heard stories about the the first generation immigrants of our families, but most of us aren't part of that family. Most of us our second, third, or fourth, or maybe even fifth generation immigrants, you know, coming to the States. Well, most of New Life um, Church on Old Atlanta Road, most of that congregation is first generation immigrants. They all came here in the last 30 years. And I I asked to say, I said, do do they remember what it was like so they're, they're, they're able and willing to open their homes as people open their homes for them when they got here? And he said, eh, kind (laughs) of, some of them. And so, so we want to pray for them because that's, it's a difficult job. You know, having a new family in your house is a hard thing to do, you know, and, 
regardless of whether you speak the language or not, and, and thank the Lord, there are a lot of Ukrainians, you know, in new life that, that are able to speak the language, and so it makes it work out better. But it's a very difficult thing, and there are more coming, and, and more is going to be asked of them. And so we need to remember them in prayer. Um, you know, because remember, e- even though they're first-generation immigrants, they've, they've made the transition. They have their homes, they have their jobs, and they have their stuff going on, just like all of us. And all of a sudden, that's being very interrupted you know, by, by these immigrant families. And so this is a, a high calling, you know, that, that they're receiving a, a great opportunity, but a, but a very difficult one. So let's remember them in prayer and we'll, we'll take a moment and, and pray for them as our brothers and sisters in our own association and thank God for joining. I also want to mention one other person that we want to pray for this morning. Um, as, as many of you remember, um, when, when we were dealing with, with COVID and the interruption of our services and things. And, and there was a time when all of us were, were worshiping together online. Um, Jean uh, Ladelay, um was able to share with her mom that even though her church wasn't meeting anymore, that she would be able to meet with us, you know, online. And, and her mom, Betty Roy, uh, came to faith in Christ through that, through that transition. And, and really be, she became our first online member. Um, and so we want to pray for Betty. She's in very, very poor health right now. And uh, so, so poor, in fact, that um, Jean's family, you know, is asked to come and, and, and be with her. They're not sure, you know, how, how it's going to go for her. So we want to lift her up. Uh, one of our members in Louisiana, um, who uh, may not be able to worship with us this morning, I don't know if she is. If she is worshiping, we love you, Betty, and we're praying for you. But let's pray for Betty and, and these other needs um, as we go into the Word of God together. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for the work that you do. We were reminiscing as we were singing praise to you this morning of that day when we ran out of that grave. Help us to remember that day. Help us to remember the joy that we felt. Help us to to remember the relief that we felt when our sins were forgiven. Help us to remember the first bit of confidence that we ever had that we were going to spend eternity with you. Not wondering if we were good enough or if we'd sin too much, but counting and trusting completely in the promise of Jesus Christ and the work of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we thank you this morning for that reminder. And we're so thankful for Betty and her faith in Christ. And we pray for her now and for her family as she walks through this illness, we pray that you would encourage her, strengthen her. We pray for healing for her body. But most of all, Father, we pray that your will will be done. And we thank you that she's a part of the body of Christ and that she has a, a, every reason of, of, to have full assurance that she's going to enter into your glory. Um, and, and we just thank you for that confidence that you give all of us. And we pray that you give that to her, remind her of that. We thank you so much for, for sparing joy. Um, in that auto accident that she had a a couple of weeks ago and for giving her recovery and healing so that she can be back with us uh, this morning. We we thank you for that and pray that you continue to bring healing to her body and recovery. We also want to thank you for our brothers and sisters at New Life Church over on Old Atlanta Road. We thank you for the partnership that we've been sharing with them as, as members of the same association over these years, but also for the specific partnership that we shared with them in the ministry uh, to the Ukrainian chaplains of the Army of Ukraine a couple of years ago. And then also, Father, now this new project of trying to encourage and provide for 
um, immigrants from Ukraine from this war uh, that are coming into the United States. We thank you for putting new life in position to help in the way that you are. And so we pray that you would give them encouragement, that you would remind them of the great, great kindnesses that that were shown to them uh, when they came into the country, Father, that they could um, express that same kind of kindness. And Father, we pray that you would use them in their generosity, in their sacrifice, that you would use them to encourage believers that are coming, but also to be a great example, a great picture of what a Christian looks like for these who are coming in that don't know Christ. And we pray that you would use them to see many of these refugees come to faith in Christ through their witness, through their example. And we thank you again for the partnership that we can share with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you take your Bible now and turn to Luke chapter 24, this is a still, we're, we're still on vacation Bible school theme. Um, that's one of the reasons I wore this t-shirt, um, living masterpiece. It's also a subtle reminder to Sherry that that's true. Um, I wanna, I'm, tr- I'm trying to help her remember it, um, that she married a masterpiece and she's, and she's so blessed by that. Um, we saw the, the beginnings of that again, as we did last week by reading from Genesis chapter one, did you notice the masterpiece that God made Adam and Eve as male and female? He made the masterpieces in his own image. It's amazing. Now here, Jesus addresses the subject from a different angle. Luke chapter 24, verse 36. While they were still talking about this, this is the disciples, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Now remember, the amazing thought, the the amazing thing that was happening here is this is after his resurrection. All right, he's been dead, now he's alive, and now he's standing among them. And certainly he says, peace be unto you, because they're kind of freaked out. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled and why do you doubt, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And and again, this is an amazing statement of the bodily resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He did not just raise in some spirit phantom. He raised bodily. He was raised bodily, flesh and bones. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Again, a witness to the fact that he, he is flesh and bone. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. 
He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. God created them in his own image. And because of their fall, Adam and Eve's fall into sin, and subsequently because all of our fall into sin, because we are born in the line of Adam, that image that God created us in his own image is tarnished, is tainted, is spoiled, is ruined to the, to the point that Jesus had to do what he did for us. As we pointed out last week and, and, and talked with the children about all this week during Vacation Bible School, we are all masterpieces just by being born the humans that we are because it's amazing what God has done with these bodies and in these bodies. But the most amazing masterpiece that we are is when we put our trust in Christ and he redeems us from that fallenness that our sin has brought us into, from that slavery to sin. You know, we sang sang in in one of the songs this morning that freedom is now all we know. Well, that's amazing because slavery was all that we knew before we knew Christ. Because we were bound by our sinful nature to continue to sin over and over and over and over again. And then when we put our trust in Christ, because he was willing to come to take this, to go to this extent now, to go to the cross. That's what he's talking about when he says that the Son of Man must suffer. The symbol of the cross that we have hanging here, remember, this is not a decoration. It's a symbol of his love demonstrated in suffering. That is a, it's it's sort of like we would have up here an electric chair or or, or guillotine. This is an instrument of execution. He died on that. Because even though he made us in his image as we were created, as we were born, we fell from, from that glorious position, so to speak, because we were born in sin. And then we acted on that sin nature that we have. And all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us, according to his word. And I would say, if you think about it, you recognize yourself in that statement. That all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, according to Romans 3.23. But it's not just just that verse, although that's the one that says it just like that. The entirety of Scripture is a reminder that all of us sin. We had no choice. We were born in it. But because Jesus was willing, 
as the Son of God, the only Son of God, the perfect Son of God, that he was willing to come into this world and to live a perfect life and then die on a cross like that, not because of sins he had committed, but for our sins. Remember, he laid his life down to do this. He, he wasn't forced to do that. Oh, they thought they were forcing him to do it. But remember what took place before he went to the cross. Remember when they came to arrest him in the garden. I refer to this enough. Hopefully you remember it. Remember when they came and they, and they, they were looking for him and he, he went up to him and he said, who, who are you looking for? He might have said um, in Aramaic, who y'all looking for? Um, do you remember they said Jesus of Nazareth? And you remember what happened when he said, I am he? Now remember, I am is pretty significant in scripture. It's what God called himself when Moses was, was, was looking at this bush that was burning that wouldn't, die, that wouldn't be consumed. It just kept burning and burning and burning. And, and God revealed himself as I am that I am to him. And so Jesus uses that phrase, I am he. And when he said, I am, you know what happened to the soldiers? Boom, flat on their backs. Just imagine being a soldier. I mean, imagine what, what they were thinking. Hey, what was that? (laughs) You know, as they're, as they're laying on their backs. Did you feel that? Obviously you did. You're, you're on your back too. What, what is going on here? And then he let them get back up to do what they came to do to arrest him. Just a little picture, just a little hint that what they're about to do, he's letting them do that. He could have kept them down and everybody else that came after him, after them, could have kept them all down and, and worse. But he didn't, see, he laid his life down. He didn't deserve it. I mean, God gave Paul that verse in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. He said, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He laid his life down. He didn't deserve it. He came from heaven to do that work because it was the only way that we could be redeemed. It was the only way that the image of God could be revived in us. And it has been for all of us who believe because of the promise that he makes them in this statement, in this, in this passage. He said, you will receive power on high. We talked about that a little bit last week from the passage in Titus chapter 3 that we read. The ministry of the Holy Spirit involved in our salvation. But the ministry of the Holy Spirit goes beyond our salvation. He continues to minister to us to enable us, once we put our trust in Christ, to enable us to, like the apostles, these special men that he was meeting with, making this specific promise, and as he was going to fill them with his Holy Spirit, he also promised to send his Holy Spirit to live in every single one of us who believe, so that all of us, like them, could fulfill the work that he's called us to do. In their case, they were specifically called to be his witnesses around the world. And that's what they did. Every one of them, all 12 of them. In fact, it was 13 after 
um, after Judas um, killed himself and he was replaced, then also God called Paul, the Apostle Paul to be a part of that group as well. And so there were 13 of them that spent their lives going around the world telling people the good news about Jesus Christ that they had seen with their own eyes, that they had witnessed in their own experience. And so what they were talking about was not just, it, it, was, it, was, it was far greater than what we're able to do together. We have the Word of God in, in its written form. We're able to preach it. We're able to share it. We're able to, to, to teach it. But they were able to explain that they saw it. They can tell, they could tell the people that they were talking to that they personally touched the risen Christ. That one who was dead and then was alive again in the flesh. They could testify with their own mouths that they had seen these things with their own eyes. And God used them by the power of his Holy Spirit to start what is now his worldwide church that's, that's meeting together all over this, all over this globe. And has been for these 2,000 years. I mean, we are a long way from Jerusalem right here. Do you realize that? Every time you read something like this, or, or Acts, 1, uh, Acts 1, 8, 9, every time you read these things, you need to remember, this started in Jerusalem. And we're a long way from Jerusalem. We're a part of that, that tremendous outreach that reaches out to the uttermost parts of the world. We're in that right now. We're part of the fulfillment of that right now as we're doing what we're doing. And he's using us to continue in that process. It was really, really moving for me in the, in the one song that we were singing this morning about being called to go out and, and that picture of Sam with that group of, of, of Bible translators. And I'm not sure which country that was from. Sam, in the picture that we saw this morning, which country was that? Do you remember? That, oh, that was a recent trip. That was from Madagascar just in the last couple of weeks. Um, so that was a, that was a fresh one. Um, the, the opportunity that we have through the ministry of, of Wycliffe and, and Sam Ropp, that we have to, to continue to go out. Mark and Brian um, are, are getting ready to leave this week. What day are you guys leaving, Mark? On Thursday, Mark, Mark Lilge and Brian Weil are going to join uh, Wyatt and Vicki Gwynn uh, in the U.K. to be a part of their outreach, reaching back to, to a country that at one time had a very, very strong church, and then it dwindled, kind of, kind of fell by the wayside, and now there's, there's revival coming. And, and the Gwyns have been part of that with Emmanuel and Associates. Mark and, and Brian are going to be a part of that. And, and we're going to be a part of that as we pray for them, as we send them to do that work. And on and on it goes. We continue in that. But it's not just in, the, in, in international missions that he sends his Holy Spirit to, to empower us. Every single one of us who believe have the Holy Spirit and have been empowered to do what he calls us to do, and that is to take his word and to live it. That's what he's, what he's empowered us to do, to take his word and to live it. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, with whoever we're with, and so can we take with us today from this Vacation Bible School Week, as we've given this, the, these teachings, this information, these verses to our children, can we take these things to heart ourselves and to remember and recognize that when God saved us by the power of his Holy Spirit through the work of Christ, 
that he saved us for a purpose and he's given us everything that we need to accomplish the purpose. Everything that we need. When he comes to live in us by the power of his Holy Spirit, we are able to live for his glory. Now, we don't always. Amen? I'm not the only one, right? We don't always. One of the ministries of the Holy Spirit in us is to remind us of that when we don't. And he does that very effectively. He does it most effectively among those of us who are in a growing relationship with God through his word. Because as we read the word of God, that is the, that is the best ammunition that the Holy Spirit has to, to work in our lives and to convict us of sin. There, there's no better way that he has than for us to be reading the word and for us to read about a particular sin that we are currently doing or committing for him to say, hey, uh, that's you. And we say, wait a minute. You serious? Yeah, that's you. Whatever it might be. And remember, the scripture deals with a lot of ways that we sin. And so don't be surprised if you're reading and you see one mentioned there that looks a lot like you. Listen to the Holy Spirit say to you, you can stop doing that or start doing that if you're not doing something he's calling us to do. That's what he does. And he will give you the power and the strength, first of all, to have the courage to face God with it again. Because we have to overcome our shame. We were singing about that this morning. We have to overcome our shame even to approach God. The Holy Spirit helps us with that too. He reminds us that we are fallen people. That we are fighting against, like we're having an internal war against our sin nature. And when we lose a, a, a part of a battle, when we lose an incident in that fight, we cannot you know, be so ashamed and so embarrassed that we don't go to the Father and confess that to him to, re- to receive his forgiveness and his restoration to full fellowship. We can't let that shame stop us, and the Holy Spirit helps us even with that part of the ministry, of going to him, of confessing that sin to him, of recognizing our forgiveness, of recognizing our power over whatever that sin is. And remember this. No matter what sin or sins you struggle with, you have the power to overcome them. Every single one of them. There isn't any, there aren't any that are too big, that are too hard, that are too foundational in your life that you can't stop them. Not a single one. Believe that. That's why Jesus did what he did. He didn't just do it for the easy ones that some people would call easy. Remember, none of them are easy. What you think of in your life that, that you stopped doing when you became a Christian, in some cases, some of us stopped some, some things just instantly. Just amazing. We think, oh, that was easy. Yeah, because of the Holy Spirit. But some of the things he lets us fight with, he lets us struggle with. 
Jesus died for those things too. And the Holy Spirit will help us overcome those sins, whatever they might be as well. And remember, it doesn't matter what it is. There, there's, there are a lot of people saying, oh, you know what? You were just born that way, and, and you're just going to have to accept that, whatever it might be. For some people, it's a temper. You know? Say, oh, yeah, you've, you, oh, yeah when you're, you've always had that. You know, you're always going to have. No, you don't have to live that way. According to the Word of God, he doesn't want us to, have, to live that kind of life. He doesn't want people to have to be, to, to walk around in fear of us. You know, we have a 10-month-old puppy. Real cute little thing, except for 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> when she has to get up and go. And I've been trying my best to just do the treat type of discipline. You know, teach and train just by the treats. You know, always good, always praise. Da, da, da. One day... One day she heard my lower registry in saying no about something. And it shocked her so much she dropped the thing that she was chewing. And, and, and her tail went between her legs. He's like, well, what was that? And now, better than any treat is just that word no. And it, and it reminds her she's got to stop. The Holy Spirit has a way Again, primarily through his word, but also within the body of Christ. Because we play a role in each other's lives in this. But the Holy Spirit has a way of waking us up to what we've become kind of callous to, kind of, you know, kind of oblivious to. He has a way of waking us up when we read his word. And that's why we talk about it so much. That's why, that's why we not only preach it and teach it on Sunday mornings, but we encourage you to be in it. Because we need to hear his voice regularly about our lives. And this is the way he speaks to us, through his word. And so be in it and listen to what he says to you. When you come across something that doesn't look like you, that's supposed to look like you, confess it right then. Say, Lord, this... This needs to change. And I need your help to change it. And you know what he says to us through his word? We're, we're going to work right now. We're going we're to see that change. We're going to see you win this battle, whatever it might be, against. He has that kind of power. I'm tell, I'm, I promise you this. He has a, enough power to do that work in your life, no matter what it is. But it's not only to overcome those sins. It's also to accomplish the things that he wants us to do. Vacation Bible School is a great, a great picture of that also. About Wednesday morning, um, it becomes very difficult for the youth and adult workers uh, to come back. Because they don't have the same level of energy as the uh, the children do as they're coming back in for for their uh, for their classes and, and their and their areas of of crafts and recreation all those kind of things. We it's a picture of us saying, "Lord, help us." We we say that during vacation Bible school week. We say that during special occasions. We need to say that every day. Lord, help me. I need your help to do what you want me to do today. 
whether it's having the energy to do it or whether it's having the confidence and the courage to do it. Some of us have in our minds right now a person that God has put us in relationship with that we can tell them about Jesus and we just haven't and we just won't. We can do that. We can do that. We're like the, like the apostles, not eyewitnesses, but we're still witnesses because we've seen the work that he's done in our lives. We know how he can forgive. We know how he can overcome. We know how he can, can help us with all kinds of things in our lives. We know that. We've experienced it. We can share that. We can share the truth of God's word with him. And we haven't, and we won't. We need to say, Lord, fill me with your spirit and help me to open my mouth for Jesus today in my conversation with whoever it might be. And to be ready for those other moments that we don't even know are coming. He gives us what we need to get that job done for his glory. For some of it's a relationship that we're involved in that's that's having struggles. Maybe it's our, our, our marital relationship. He has the power to help us through that relationship. He's done it over and over and over and over again. And if you think that your marital problem is too great for him to overcome, you need to talk to a few other married people. And you'll find out that he's overcome that in many of their lives. He will and can do this, whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation. We know the circumstances and the situations as we read the Word of God. And so let me encourage you. As you follow him, remember that you're not doing it in your own power. That he has given you his Holy Spirit. If you've put your trust in him, he's promised that he has given you his Holy Spirit. And that you can do what you need to do so that you can honor him with your life. If you're not a believer in Christ, you need the Holy Spirit. And he will, the Lord Jesus will send the Holy Spirit to live in you the moment you say, Jesus, I need you to forgive me. I admit to you that I've sinned. I admit to you that I need your help to live this life for your glory. As you, as you make that prayer, as you make that admission to him, that confession to him, he will immediately send his Holy Spirit to come into your life to forgive you of your sins, to save you, and to empower you to live life for his glory. It's his promise, it's his guarantee, and he will do it. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the great week of Vacation Bible School that we've had. And for the great verses of Scripture, like the one that we just read, that we've been able to share with our children. But Father, as we've been sharing it with our children, we've also been sharing it with each other and with ourselves. And we want to thank you this morning for Jesus opening his disciples' eyes and hearts and minds to the truth of all of those Old Testament passages that pointed to his coming to suffer and his coming to rise again on the third day. And that point to his coming again to reign. We thank you, Father, for the power of your word. And we pray for anybody who's here this morning or in our, in our audience online that hasn't yet put their trust in Jesus. We would in, just ask that you would encourage them by the power of your spirit to, to give up their attempts 
at pleasing you, at, at serving you, at honoring you without your help. And Father, help them to, to realize and to see that the help that you've given is your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for them. Help them to trust in what he did for them. And then, Father, we pray that you'd fill them with your Holy Spirit, that they might be able to live their lives for your glory. We ask that same thing for all of us who believe, that we would not be content with living lives that don't matter, with living lives that are only concerned about temporary things. Father, we want to be about eternal things. No matter what they may be, we want our lives to count for eternity, and we pray that you would fill us with your spirit so that we would have those priorities, so that we would have the courage and the confidence and the knowledge to do the things that you want us to do for your glory. Father, you know the struggles that we're in. You know the trials that we're, that we're facing right now. You know the relationships that need healing. You know the, the sins that we need to overcome. And Father, we pray that you would do that in us beginning today. Help us to know that your word is true, that your promises are true, that you promised and you did give your Holy Spirit to live in each of us who believe. And Father, we now ask that you'd fill us with your spirit that we can go and do your work, to do your will by the power that you give us in your Holy Spirit. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.